Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Daniel Howitt's interview with the costume designer for What We Do in the Shadows, Laura Montgomery. Oh, wow. Look at you. That is the baby Colin Robinson, I assume. I can mold this boy into the most interesting adult there has ever been. He really loves musical theater. Would have the dark Lord wrought. This is the big opening of our nightclub. We wanted the rings to be very expensive, so then we attract rich humans. Rich humans are basically like veil, conceptually repulsive, but so buttery on my tongue. My search for a new wife has not been going so great. I am not a creep. I'm just a very ancient warrior who wishes to marry you. Come back! <laughs> Oops. Cheers! Well, Laura, thank you so much for, for chatting with me today. I love what we do with the shadows, and I love your work in it. So uh, I'm excited to hear more. Oh, great. So I'm going to start with a question that I've wondered about since what we do in the shadows began. In the in the world of the show, where do you imagine their clothes are coming from? I mean, who who, you know, the clothes don't often look old. Who's buying these clothes? What store are they coming from? Where, where, how is this happening? You know, that's a great question because it's something that I always think about when I approach any show. It's like, where did they get the clothes? Who bought them? I even just in a meeting the other day, I was like, did she buy this dress or did she go sh- or did her mother buy it for her? Um, so it's where did they come from? How old are they? So with the vampires, because the clothes look, it's period. So I imagine that a lot of them came with them. So in their travels, they've just been traveling with trunks of clothing. Nandor especially, we have to imagine that. And now that we know he has that treasure room in the basement, that all of his clothes have just always traveled with him. Um, And then for a lot of other stuff, for the more kind of contemporary things that come into the mix, I think it comes from victims because Guillermo is bringing in a lot of victims into the house. So for me, I'm kind of like, okay, either Guillermo can bring it in. So that's how I think um, Child Colin got all of his clothes. Guillermo was buying them for him. Um, And then for other things, I'm like, well, Laszlo could have just like grabbed that off a victim's body. Got it. Got it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Do you think Guillermo (laughs) is also robbing clothes from, from anybody or is he just, He's just shopping at regular stores. I think, you know, he doesn't have a lot of money, so I don't think he does. Normally, he doesn't do a lot of shopping. But then when he started uh, last season, when he was embezzling money from the club, then he got his like really kind of ridiculous, flashy style with stuff that was kind of meant to be stupidly ostentatious. So we had like true religion jeans and he had this pair of sneakers that were just so, I think, perfectly him because they were... They just spoke to every aspiration he had. It was these Christian Louboutin sneakers. So they were already like ridiculously expensive, Um, but they were red patent leather and they had spikes on the toe. So it was like vampiric and also fancy. Um, So he was able to, he was able to pimp himself out a little bit. 
That's great. Well, you you kind of answered my second question a little bit. I was going to ask if you could kind of describe the style for each of the main characters, like as you're approaching, uh, you know, building their wardrobe for a, for a specific episode. How do you define each of their styles? Sure. Um, for all of them, it's kind of the origin of, of where they came from and what period. So the conceit that got carried over um, from the movie initially with Tyke and Jermaine and the costume designer who did the movie, Amanda Neal, and the first two seasons of the show had this idea that um, kind of like humans get stuck in their era, <laughs> that the vampires got stuck in the era in which they were human. So for Nandor, that is 14, it's like 1490-ish, the 1400s. Um, and so I knew the era, there isn't, you know, there are paintings from that era in terms of the costume research. Uh, and then one thing I really tried to do is kind of shift the focus to the region as well and take him out of a European look and make it more um, of an Eastern look and really center him in that Persian region. So for him, it's about the period. It's about the region where he's from. And then because he was a warrior, we try to include like military influences for him so it could be armor or um, leather pieces things that feel a little bit tough um, and then you know I'll try to translate textures or prints especially that feel prints and colors that feel um, like they would have come from the Persian region for man for Laszlo it's Victorian um, so he's Victorian but He's kind of morphed into, I don't know, he, we got a little 70s rock god in season four, and that kind of hasn't gone away. <laughs> um, we found out that Nadia is quite a bit older than him, but they were kind of married together um, in style and in the show in that Victorian era also because she does that mutton leg sleeve really well which is very like that sleeve existed for not even 10 years um so she gets very 1890s and that the sleeve shape and the skirt but then she kind of and this is a Natasha thing too we pull in influences from kind of her Greek heritage and her Greek aunts of a lot of 80s blingy like Versace, Lacroix, that kind of thing um he has a really fun moschino like track suit basically in season five uh when she starts when she's rediscovering her greek character her anti-paxin heritage um guillermo is he's just 90s i think he came to his audition cosplaying Guillermo del Toro <laughs> so they kind of stuck with that with the nubbly sweater and the glasses um and then Colin Robinson, when we found out his age last season, when he was celebrating his 100th birthday, I was able to center him in like the 40s, 50s era. Like awesome. very American. Yeah, yeah. What was the most fun episode that, that you had? There's a lot of big things. There's the nightclub. There's baby Colin. Uh, you've got a, a lot <laughs> of things going on this season. Uh, what was the most fun for you specifically? The most fun, the one that I remember the most, the two that I remember the most, I would say, and they happened kind of at the same time, um, were the night market. Um, the night market was fun because we had a lot of creatures and kind of 
supernatural characters that we've never seen before. There was a there was a warlock. There were many witches. Um, there was kind of a hobgoblin vendor. There were two Valkyries who were like Viking meets Abba. <laughs> and in their choreography, it's like an Abba music video. Um, so there was that episode for costume. And then um, the wedding episode, I would say, for costume, because first of all, a wedding is always going to be a big deal, no matter what, because you have the bride and groom, in this case, the groom, um, with <laughs> real focus, bridal party. But then on top of it, within the first 10 pages, um, there's a makeover montage. <laughs> so it's just like the script read very costume heavy. So that one was the most fun creatively. But then overall, for the whole season, like, Nadia opening a nightclub. What an incredible gift that was. <laughs> because we just got to do club wear. So all of my hours of watching Drag Race during the pandemic really paid off. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I was going to ask about the nightclub itself. I mean, such a huge amount of people in, in they're mostly dressed in vampire, you know, garb. Uh, so, so tell me, how do you approach such a large scene with so many people? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. How do I approach that? I think for. I'm mostly focusing on the cast. So for them, it was really exciting because since they're vampires and their styles don't really change that much, you kind of, it's, a, I don't want to say it's repetitive, but we're kind of like always trying to reinvent the wheel of, you know, what can they wear that is the same, but different. But with the nightclub, it was an opportunity to just like blow it wide open. We can really do something different. Um and then for, there are a lot of background characters. I have an amazing background coordinator, Jill Lerner. Um, and she just has a great sense of style. She has a great team. So it's a combination of, you know, casting also helps. Casting was great because they kind of cast people who had interesting faces, interesting looks. And then it would be a matter of pre-fitting as many as we could uh, and really just, you know, trying to find a fabulous mix of like it's a little bit of um lingerie and club wear and corsets and punk stuff and goth and then we kind of we tried to make give it a mix as well so we had like your typical vampires but because the vampire nightclub if there was somebody who would lean really well into like someone um who looks Victorian or someone like a really, really old vampire or someone who just kind of looks like a creepy creature. And we tried to add that flavor as well. So it didn't just look like, um, like a nightclub. Um, yeah. So it was, it was just really fun to create that whole world and have a mix. What's your typical timeline look like for a specific episode? When you get the script for the episode, how long do you have to prep things like that? Well, it's very short. <laughs> uh, so our, schedule the thing is i mean the episodes are 22 minutes long so um the episodes are not long but they have a lot of costumes just because the format of it they have it's usually 
between three and four script days in an episode. And then they have the talking head bit, which unlike a reality TV show, they kind of started the convention early on that, you know, when you watch reality shows and whenever they give a two camera interview, they're always in the same clothes. Shadows is not that it's more documentary style. So within those talking heads, they might have four to eight changes. Um, and then our shooting schedule is usually September, October, November. It's three and a half months usually. So, and we block shoot. So we'll shoot two to three episodes at a time. Usually we have two weeks of prep at most where we are getting the script. Sometimes I'll have an outline. Sometimes I will have the script already. So I'll be able to start thinking about it, but we might not have casting on the day players. So I can't actually start like shopping or building. Um, and so then, yeah, once it gets going too, it's really full on because as we're shooting, we get the script. So we're shooting and prepping at the same time. Um, so to answer your question, I would say anywhere from 14 to 10 days to prep for the upcoming blog. Wow. Wow. Uh, that sounds stressful. Um, was there, uh, <laughs> were there any moments with, with such, that's a, a shorter window than I expected you to say. Um, were there any specific costumes or episodes or anything where it was like you were really down to the wire on a specific look? There was one, I'm trying to think if it was this season or season three. There was one time when, I think it was actually season three, uh, there was a dress that we were building for Nadia and we were like, okay, we know this dress is like, it's got, you know, how many X number of patterns, dozens of pattern pieces, different fabrics. It's a Nadia dress. It's a thing. Uh, and we need three days at least to build it usually. And then they changed the schedule. And it was kind of, it was a scripted moment of like, you know, it's her, I think it was her first day of being the vampire, being on the vampire council and her first, um, I think it was when she went to the house of millennials. And so they wanted her to look kind of like extra dressed up for that. They switched the schedule. So all of a sudden we had one day to build that costume. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty stressful. And, you know, there is a world in which you can just, not build something new or pull from the closet but I was like you know already we're all invested in this new thing that we've started and we want to service a script so like kudos to my team they actually pulled it off and we still we were just like I can't believe we made that dress in that amount of time <laughs> that's amazing is do you have a specific favorite single piece that you design for uh for season four favorite single piece Great question. I'm trying to go through the Rolodex of all of them. <laughs> I think I really liked Nandor's wedding look. It had a lot of kind of components to it, um, pulling from different references. And it was something that we hadn't seen him in before. So there's a tunic, and like a base tunic, and then a jacket over top that has a really nice like deep U neckline that he hadn't done before. We did a like a beautiful Sam Brown harness matching boot detail. And then this long, he was the one who had the train. He had a long gold velvet cape with a train um, that came off for the reception. He was the one who had a costume change, not the bride, <laughs> a hat that matched and, um, a shoulder piece that 
had gold chains and a lot of hand embroidery on it. So that one was really a labor of love. And I think I liked that there were so many different elements. Usually we don't have time to make so many different elements. Yeah, and it paid off. That was a great look. Uh, So good. Well, for season three, you and your team won your first Emmys last year. Congratulations. So incredible. And what's what's really impressive is, uh, especially with the other nominees in the category, I mean, uh, you were the only the only comedy, the only half hour show. And the only the only show that wasn't uh, like a major franchise as well. So uh, so that was incredible to see uh, see you guys pull off the win. Do you think that craft work within comedies across the board is a little underrated when it comes to like flashier dramas or things like that? That's a great question. I think I'm trying to think in terms of costume. I think that a lot of comedies are like I'm thinking of something like Mrs. Maisel or the great more period comedies. I think those costumes are uh, quite respected. No, not necessarily. Um, Sometimes the drama will demand a more kind of serious tone. And that's where I think with shadows, we try to keep it serious and naturalistic. And that's where I think it helps that we're not doing things or I try not to do anything that looks too gaggy or too costumey. Um, and so maybe that helps with it. I think, you know, if you're doing like a variety comedy special, um, then it might not have the same. You're just kind of like, it's for a quick effect. But I do think that there are some comedies out there where, you know, if you're putting in the time and you're really creating that world, um, then it can be really effective. But you're right. It was like the most surprising experience for me to be up against shows that have, yeah, huge <laughs> budgets. And just like it just felt like we were a, a weirdo in that category. Um, but it's a testament to how much people love this show, really. And a testament to how incredible your work is and how much it elevates the show. Laura, thank you so much for chatting with me about your work. Again, I love the show and I love your work in it. So thank you again. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interview with the costume designer for What We Do in the Shadows, Laura Montgomery, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. What We Do in the Shadows is up for your consideration for this year's Emmy Awards, and the FX show is available to stream on Hulu, with Season 5 set to premiere on July 13th. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.